Hosting for your tech life. Proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is exactly what it says on the box. This is Your Tech Life. This is the show where I try and help you with your tech life. I have information on the latest and greatest technology coming into the world, and hopefully that becomes part of your tech life. Um, Hopefully, if you've got a problem with the way technology operates in your life, uh, I can help you out with it, because I like to think that if... um, if I'm not aware of it or I can't help you, then I'll find someone who will. And that's, uh, that's what we're trying to do each and every week on the radio and here on Your Tech Life. So uh, get in touch anytime you like. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Go to the website um, to send me an email. Uh, go on Twitter, at Trevor Long. <clears throat> uh, you can also call 1-800-157-157 anytime you like. Leave a message, I will get you on the show. Now, we have NBN plans to talk about. We have Telstra TV. Uh, we have a couple of interesting emails, more tweets. Uh, we have a couple of calls, and I'm going to speak to a man who's on, I don't know, rich lists and all that kind of stuff, but he's actually just a really nice bloke, very passionate about what he does, and he has just relaunched his uh, his pride and joy. It's an interesting little story, which um, I follow more, probably more closely than others, Um but uh, a great impact for everyday users if you're looking to save money on your mobile phone because Kogan Mobile is back. <clears throat> You'll remember in um, December 2012, um, I broke the story of Kogan Mobile launching and uh, uh, it went very well and then it uh, went downhill. So we'll talk to Ruslan Kogan, uh, the man behind Kogan.com and now Kogan Mobile, about what happened, what went wrong, what he's learnt, and why Kogan Mobile 2.0 is worth your consideration. Uh, all that and more thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation GPS Technologies. You know they've got it. You know they do GPS stuff uh, better than anyone else in the business. So uh, uh, get in touch with Garmin if you want to find out more about their products. Go to their website, garmin.com.au. So the NBN. I, just in case you're new, <laughs> I've been talking about this for years, uh, in fact, I should do a search. It's just for funsies here, um, because as you may or may not know, every single episode of Your Tech Life is still available in um, in the uh, in the podcast file. The first time I mentioned the MBN <clears throat> was in episode eighty-seven when I had Stephen Conroy on. Now I'm sure that's not the first time I ever mentioned it because that's in twenty eleven. But anyway, I've been banging on about the NBN for some time. And I was a firm believer that fibre to the home is without question the best outcome for Australians. However, what was a very expensive plan was only going to get more expensive. And if you don't believe that, you are blinkered and blinded. The ability to dig up every single street in this country and put a new line into every single home uh, was never going to fit within the timeline and never going to fit within the budget. Uh, I had plenty of people tweet me this week saying, you're, what, you're saying the auditors were, were lying when they audited the NBN? No, the auditors don't go out and test the costs. They check that the costs were um, put together thoroughly, and they were. But then they quickly realised it, it was very hard to roll a truck down every street. You know, fast forward through a new election and we have a a different NBN. We have a broken promise already. Uh, Malcolm Turnbull and and Tony Abbott promised the NBN would be rolled out by 2016. It will not be, but it will be by 2020, end of 2020. And the problem for the NBN has been perception. People like you ring me, say, when do I get it? And I say, I don't know, because the map on the NBN website only shows a result when you type in your address. If they've already started construction or they've finalised construction in your area. So that's a problem for the people that are on that the, the NBN's about to visit but hasn't started visiting. So you know what they've done? They've released a three-year plan. 9.5 million homes are covered within this three-year plan 
and it tells you suburb by suburb when you'll get it and how. So it tells you if you're getting fiber to the node, fiber to the premise, uh, fixed wireless, or HFC, which which is, stands for hybrid fiber hybrid fiber coaxial uh, cable. It's the pay TV cable in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, and a few other places, but predominantly Sydney and Melbourne. Three million homes are passed by the cable network. It's a stroke of genius by the current NBN to buy that network and upgrade it to better speeds and offer the NBN through it. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's enabled them to have a huge um, rollout uh, schedule in terms of the pace of which, that, which they can roll it out. And that is now all now included in, uh, in the, um, the three-year plan. So you can now, if you go to the website eftm.com.au, look for the MBN article, look for then the link down the very bottom to the three-year plan. And it's not a map, but you just need to search for your suburb. Control F, search for your suburb, and you'll see when it's coming. Now, if your suburb is, is due in the next year, you'll get a month. You'll, they'll tell you which month they're going to start construction. If your suburb like mine is in 2017, they might tell you a half of a year. So it, it depends on how far out but as to what sort of range they give of construction time. This is only construction. They still have to finish construction and make it available. So it could be 12 months after that. But by September 2018, 9.5 million homes, the construction for their MBN will be underway. Tasmania will have it have the entire state switched on faster than it before any other state. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have some decent connectivity. It's very exciting. You have to put politics aside now and go, right, it's done. We're, we're moving down this path now. Let's just make it happen. Let's support it. And once it's a viable uh, operation, let's look at upgrading you know, certain areas and, frankly, lucrative areas to fibre to the home. That's fine. Or upgrading the, the HFC to even better HFC. Who knows? Who knows what's next? But right now, I've got cable, 100 meg downloads, fantastic, don't need any more. Two meg uploads, terrible, need a lot more. That's what I want. So the MBN three-year plan is exciting. Um, I think it's long overdue, but I hope that they've done work to to give us solid, achievable timelines because we'll all be on their case if they're not. I've got a copy of the PDF now. It's sitting in my mail. I'll be able to look it up in a couple of years and see how they went. Be interested to see what you think. I'd be interested to see if you've found your suburb and know when it's happening. And, and are, are you, like me, just relieved now to know when it is? Still two bloody years away, but I'm relieved. I'm relieved that I know when it's when it's going to start. So bring it on, I say. You're listening to Your Tech Life. Now, the other thing we got last week was uh, Telstra TV pricing. Now, they announced Telstra TV some while ago, but this last week we got pricing. So it's going to be $109, which... Is the exact same price as Apple TV, the current one anyway, the new one, which will be available very soon. Um, we don't know the pricing of yet, but 109 bucks for this little hockey puck style thing. You plug it into your TV, you plug it into power, you plug it into the internet or Wi-Fi, and you have yourself a streaming media world. Now, a lot of people may already have a lot of these things. They've got an Apple TV, they've got a tablet, they've got a Netflix. You have to remember, there's people out there respectable everyday people who don't know all this stuff. They just watch TV. They're the people that with 109 bucks can open up a whole new world with a Telstra TV box. It's very cool. It's very easy to use, very easy setup. Um, it's not the world's greatest interface, if I'm honest, but it's easy to use. Uh, so I highly recommend you have a look at it. I've, I've written a full review at eftm.com.au. 109 bucks outright, or if you're um, a new or re-signing uh, customer on a two-year, their large, large and extra-large bundle plans or whatever they're called, they'll just give it to you. So it's very good. Uh, I like it. It's not for me, to be honest, because I've got a Fetch TV, I've got Apple TVs, I've got Chromecast, I've got everything. I don't need another thing because I can get all those services in a lot of ways. But for people who don't have those things, you whack a Telstra TV on the TV in the lounge room or the man cave or the kitchen, doesn't matter, and you can watch those streaming media services and catch-up TV services with ease. It's a very good little box. It'll do very well for them. They'll probably have a couple of hundred thousand of them out there very quickly, I would suggest. Um, so I'd be interested, again, to know what do you think. Are you, are you looking to get one? 
Uh, do you think it's worthwhile? Um, and uh, yeah, what, what have you th- what have you thought of the pricing? Yeah, let me know what you think. Telstra, Telstra TV. You're listening to Your Tech Life. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. But Trevor Long's the world's best techie. He's the kind of guy we picked on at school. And it wasn't fair, but he don't care. He's cool today. got a question a problem or you want to talk about anything technology in your life get in touch just go to the website eftm.com.au or jump on twitter at trevor long now my next guest is probably also somewhat described as a bit of a nerd a bit of a techie uh and i reflect upon our 302 episodes and i look back at the rundown and i see that on episode 170 so just to give context to how long ago it was that this man and i first spoke about the same product we're about to talk about. Uh, it's a very long time. Ruslan Kogan is on the line. G'day, mate. How are you doing? G'day. Pretty good. Mate, I'm jealous of that jingle. I want one as well now. <laughs> I can put you in touch with the right people. Um, I'm sure you can afford it. Listen, literally, this is episode 302. It was episode 170 uh, around December, mid-December 2012. You and I spoke, and, and you, were, you were chuffed. You were pumped. You just launched Kogan Mobile. Fast forward less than a year, and we were talking about how customers could get their money back or move to other carriers. So it's been a pretty interesting couple of years of silence from you on Kogan Mobile, yet this week you announced Kogan Mobile was back, hand-in-hand, side-by-side with Inyaki from uh, the CEO of Vodafone. This is... Um, this is a big one for you, but you've obviously taken your time, right? Yeah, look, it was, you know, close to two years or two years of public silence, but in the background there was a lot of work going on. So after Kogan Mobile previously and, uh, you know, we regret the circumstances, but they were out of our control. But, you know, one of the things we saw uh, after it was that it was one of the fastest growing telcos in Australia's history in terms of the number of customers it had. And uh, after we organised refunds and transition arrangements for everyone and negotiated them uh, great transition deals with others, we looked back on it all and thought, look, this isn't something we can walk away from. Like, it clearly showed that people love a great value deal in the mobile space. Mm-hmm. They... Uh, love a budget option, and they like a, um, you know, uh, an option from an online competitor that can do things a bit more efficiently and as a result of that get the better prices. So um, we've been working for two years and talking to Vodafone about it and coming to an agreement, and it's taken that long because it's very different to other arrangements you've mm. got in the market in the sense that we came to an agreement where it was a three-way win-win-win whereby Vodafone will win by getting more people onto the network, customers will win uh, through the great prices, and Kogan wins out of it as well. So in order to engineer an agreement where everyone was happy and also to ensure that we're partnering with a telco and a network provider that isn't scared of price competition and is incentivized to see Kogan Mobile grow was very important for us. What do you reckon motivates Vodafone to to do this deal? Because I look at it and go, okay, Vodafone have been through hell and back. Um, they are now in a very strong position, in my view, from their network perspective. Um, but they're basically saying to even you know their perspective customers, you can get a better deal on our network with Kogan. Is it that they, as a you know big you know multi-million dollar listed company and all that kind of stuff, they just need a higher ARPU and a higher average revenue per user from their accounts, and they don't really need to or want to deal with the lower cost? Is that what it's about? 
Well, Vodafone is one of the largest and most respected telecommunication providers in the world, and they have invested billions of dollars in their network in Australia in the last few years. What that what they would be trying to do is bring as many people to that network as possible and get to experience that network. Now, Kogan, uh, as Inyaki talked about at the press conference, uh, represents, uh, you know, uh, a partnership for Vodafone that makes a lot of sense because we're online only. We're an online business. We know how to do digital marketing very well. We know how to service the online customer and we've, We've sold millions of internet-enabled and communication devices, mm. and we will continue to do so. So uh, it makes a lot of sense, the partnership, because it's going to ultimately bring more people to the Vodafone, Vodafone network. network. Yeah. And given mm. that they've invested so much in it, uh, I'm sure their goal is to let as many Australians as possible experience the Vodafone network. It feels like their goal is to literally get utilisation, get return on that investment because the more customers they have on the network, regardless of who the customer is branded with, the better the return on investment for that um, that huge capital, I guess. And, you know, you, you would argue, I guess, that your customer base, your potential customer base, let alone your actual customer base through Kogan.com, is probably not one that, that would normally touch a Vodafone, not normally interact with a Vodafone. They're a very savvy online buyer. So you've basically got this direct relationship with millions of Australians, don't you? Look, the online shopper has changed a lot over the last few years. If we were doing this interview in episode one of this podcast, then I'd say, yes, definitely. The online buyer is the really savvy, uh, price-sensitive shopper that shops around everywhere. And those people are still shopping online. Mm. But, you know, Kogan has uh, grown immensely in the last few years and we've got over uh, 2 million customers that we've serviced. And uh, the customer is also changing. Like, my mum shops online now. Uh, She'd want to. We've had people... Sorry? She'd want to. (laughs) Yeah. So it was only, uh, you know, a couple of years ago that I taught her how to use the mouse, and that was a full-day seminar trying to explain that the double-click has to happen sequentially and really quickly. But, like, the, there's the convenience shopper now, people who don't have time to go to the store or don't want to go to the store. They'd rather do a few clicks and have it delivered to their door. It's a lot more mainstream. So, um, you know, the... The online shopper has changed. It's no longer something that all the the geeks who know how to use the internet do. Online shopping is now mainstream, and Vodafone is also a mainstream brand. So it's a pretty competitive deal again. I mean, it's funny the your original deal, uh, you know, 2012 was you know you were able to spruik the 82 cents a day, and and even in the new deal you're able to spruik 83 cents a day. So the cost-wise, you've been able to keep it low. Um, data is not as high as it was originally back then, but three gig of data for 29 bucks a month is a damn solid deal. I mean, is it, is it about the data in terms of selling it to your customer base? Yeah, look, uh, data is very important. And in all the talks we've had with customers previously and throughout the last two years, um, as they've kept contacting us asking when Kogan Mobile's coming back, one common theme is that people love to use data on their phone. They're posting more photos, more selfies. Uh, they're no longer just posting photos of, uh, you know, they'll be posting to Instagram of their breakfast and their lunch as well, and they want to check everything on the go and stream videos and Netflix while they're on the train. So people are using much more data. And um, it's actually nearly doubling how much data people uh, use every year. So that was an important part of the plans. We wanted to make sure that our prepaid options uh, have a decent amount of data in them. And three gig is right up there. And the, that's the three Excel plan. The five Excel has five gig of data per month in it. Mm. But, you know, we knew that it's important to provide that so that when people are browsing the internet on their phone, uh, they don't have to worry about the data usage, that it can be a problem-free philosophy. Hakuna more data. <laughs> you, and your, you and your Lion King. 
Uh, go and tell me the Simba story. So just just so that everyone has context around your Lion King. Sorry. Tell me the, the Simba, Simba story. So that everyone well, has yeah, context. Uh, at the press conference, I was saying that uh, the relaunch of Kogan Mobile is very similar to the Lion King, whereby Scar made Simba leave. Scar was bad. He made Simba leave, but that didn't mean that Simba shouldn't come back when the time is right. Tell so, us, I'm going to read between um, the lines there. We look there. at it in a similar way. Telstra is Scar. Let's not kid ourselves, all right? You've been, you've been very good to dance around the fact that Telstra didn't want to deal directly with you, and you know that, that, that could have been a, an option way back when, but obviously the financial deal wasn't there. You, you reached 150,000 customers last time. Um, You'd have to kind of assume that 50% of them would just jump back at it for a deal. Do you reckon the other 50%, if I'm just, if I'm right with that, by the way, um, the other 50% need time to absorb the the deepness of the relationship between Kogan and Vodafone to build trust, or do you think they'll just come running back? Look, it's a tough one. I think that people will do their research. People will shop around. They'll see what prices they can find. And um, we're very confident that anybody who shops around will end up at Kogan. Now, yes, there's people out there that are spending 100 or 200 bucks a month on their mobile plans and they don't even research it and don't care about it. Mm. And they're happy to pay that much. That customer will never end up at Kogan Mobile. Yeah. But for the, the price-savvy consumer who uh, cares how much they're paying, wants no hidden fees and wants to pay as little as possible, we're very confident uh, that they'll end up at Kogan. The other thing is we've got a massive community of loyal followers at Kogan and over 2 million customers. Last time, we didn't even get a chance to promote Kogan Mobile to that community. So we expect uh, things to grow very quickly this time as we have the freedom to market the product because we've got the backing of a network partner that is very reliable and not scared of price competition. Now, you launched with 3G. I'll tell you what I think of that in a minute, but tell me first, what do you think is the effect of the 3G-only product availability? Look, there's no doubt that 4G is better than 3G. And 4G, as Inyaki said at the press conference, is coming very soon. Uh, We've been in talks with Vodafone for a while because... Um, you know, it's taken nearly nearly two years to get the relationship and the agreement to the state that it's in to ensure that it's rock solid, really good for the customer and really good for both Vodafone and Kogan. And as a result of how long those conversations took, the initial agreement was to go on their 3G network. Now, back then, 3G... Um, 3G was prominent, but now 4G is the norm. So as Inyaki said, you'll see 4G rolled out to Kogan Mobile customers very soon. Good news. There ain't anyone on the 3G network for Vodafone. All their customers are on 4G, so it should be a good network. But I'll, I'll tell you what I think. I don't think the average Joe cares. I, I, when, when I sit here and I use my, my mobile phone and I'm, I know I'm connected to 4G, I, I just care whether it's getting data or not, not how fast it is. I don't think... The average user actually knows how fast the data is coming down. So it is, it is a bridge to, to gap when you think about um, the, the marketing of it, you know, the sell. But I think once people use it, it's not really that big a deal. The question is, do you think you can keep the price the same when 4G comes? Yeah, look, uh, you've got a point there. The, the 3G network is very good. And most people, for what they're doing on their phone mm. in terms of reading a few emails, browsing a few websites, asking Siri to marry them. Uh, 3G is is very good, and you barely notice any speed difference between 3G and 4G. It's only once you start going into streaming high-def movies on the go or uploading and syncing files to Dropbox that you'll you'll notice a difference. In the chatter that I've seen online already, there's a lot of people saying that, look, 4G is nice, but not really something that is a make or break it for me. But um, the bottom line is we love technology. We love the latest and greatest tech and we want to buy 
the newer devices and uh, whatever the latest technology out there is, even if it's only slightly incremental. Like mm. if you look at our 4K TV sales, they're, they're huge. People love 4K TV. What are they watching on them? I don't know. <laughs> we openly discuss it and talk about like, you know, and we're happy to tell our customers that not much 4K content is out there at this stage, but people still want to be future-proof. They want the latest and greatest, and they just love technology. So I put 3G versus 4G in the same bucket. That yeah. People will still buy a 4K TV because it's the latest, but there's not, not that much to watch on it. So when you look at 3G versus 4G, yes, 4G is nicer and faster, but in reality... Uh, it's not going to have a huge impact on what you do. All of that said, we will have 4G very soon. Do you think you'll be able to keep it at the same price? Good question. Um, at this stage, we're, we're not predicting the future, but one thing's for certain is that uh, whatever we do, uh, the prices will be very competitive. I remember you telling me about the the original story of Kogan. You've told a million times, um, I'm sure, uh, of you know trying to buy TVs in China and doing deals with you know Chinese manufacturers to rewrite their Chinglish um, instruction manuals into English so that they provide a better value. You provide a better value to them, and they they, they therefore respected you and uh, and started dealing with you in a very different way. You're able to buy uh, lower um, lower quantities, which able to you set the business up to where it is today. Um, what happened back then when you originally built Kogan from what it was in your garage to where it is now? You've, there's probably a whole bunch of things that happened over that period of time that, that were massive fails for you but weren't massively public. And that's, that's a good thing because it means you can just learn from them and move on. Kogan Mobile one version 1 was a massive public fail for you. What's your biggest learning from that having come back from it? Yeah, look, in business you make... You make thousands of decisions every day mm. and you're not going to get all of them right. Uh, you aim to get you know, the vast majority of them right, but the most important thing is that if anything ever does go wrong, that you're completely transparent, honest with the customers, keep everyone very well informed, and, and after the customer's been looked after, you look at the situation and you say, what could have we done better? What and what could you have do done wrong? better how last we, time? How do we ensure the mistake doesn't happen again? And in this case, that element is very clear. We have to cut out the middleman. Yep. So not deal with the official or sole distributor of a provider, but get the backing of the network directly. We need a network that can think outside the box, that isn't just going to give a turnkey agreement and say, here's how everyone works, because... Kogan's not interested in offering the same type of plans as everyone else. We're here to show consumers what it should be done like and what the plan should look like. So they have to be able to think outside the box and not scared of price competition. And everything aligned here in our agreement with Vodafone because they are a network who can think outside the box. They are innovative and they're reliable. We've got an agreement with them directly, and they're not scared of price competition. They've invested a lot in their network, and they want to let a lot of Aussies experience the Vodafone network. I saw a wonderful piece with you on A Current Affair the other night. I just thought it was fantastic. But, um, but the one thing you said in that piece that I think needs to be said more and more and more, and I try and say it whenever we do a story on mobile phone companies, whoever it is, is, People need to realise and learn. And it's funny, some people laugh when I say this. Other people go, oh, really? You can take your phone number to any telco in basically five minutes. At worst, it takes an hour. You can, you can buy a SIM card at a service station. You could buy a SIM card at Kogan Mobile. When it comes to your house, you follow the activation process. You tell them your phone number, you give your birth date and a few ID pieces, and your phone number becomes part of a different network within minutes, at most an hour, and you are literally transitioned. People can change carriers every month if they want. It's an amazing thing that, we, that people don't do it more often, don't you think? 
I agree. And for some reason, people don't know this. I guess a lot of telcos, it's not in their interest to advertise these yeah. things and to talk about how easy it is. But the system and the interchange used to be able to allow people to transfer their numbers between plans and carriers is very advanced now. And it usually happens very quickly, like you said, within five minutes. Yeah. But even my mum was the second customer on Kogan Mobile uh, before the official launch even. And, you know, I brought the SIM card to her place and I ported her in and she goes to me, oh, what's my new number? <laughs> and I had to explain to her, like, mum, don't worry, you can change providers and you don't have to change your number. Yeah. And most people still don't understand this. So I think it's important. It's just as important that people understand that as well as the fact that the market's always moving. Yeah. Do a Google search every now and then, shop around, have a look at what's out there. Because if you do understand how it works and are willing to switch between networks and switch to the best deals, there's a lot of money to be saved. But hopefully with Kogan Mobile, we're going to show people that there's just one switch left that you need to do and you'll keep saving a lot of money for a long time. And, and I've said this to other telcos and you're right, they don't want to do it because they're, they're better off. In their mind, they're better off just talking about their deals. Mate, your Google Ads, whenever whatever keywords you're doing, because you're, you're the best in Australia at it probably, should just say, get a better deal, keep the same number. It doesn't even need to say Kogan Mobile. People just need to know that's the simple thing. Get a better deal, keep the same number. In fact, you build a mini site that just says, explains the fact that that's the case, and then hope that they click on Kogan Mobile. I just, it's an education campaign that uh, one day it'll get through, but maybe not today. But uh, So look, bottom line, Kogan Mobile is available now, koganmobile.com. What does it cost me if, if I do it online? How do I get the SIM? Is it just postage costs or is it a couple of dollars? How does it work? It's just a $0.05 charge, so not even a postage cost. It's $0.05 cents to order a SIM card. Uh, you go to kogan.com and you can order it or you go to koganmobile.com.au and you order it and uh, it's $0.05, cents, arrives within a couple of days. No postage charge, just straight five cents. And then it takes a few minutes to register online. And Trevor, if you do a Google search in the next couple of days, uh, you'll find your new and improved tagline on there. I think that's a great idea. Five cents. I'll have to wait till next payday, but, but, but hook me up. <laughs> the only reason <laughs> I won't switch, and I'll tell you this right now, the only reason I won't switch is because, and I'm a Vodafone customer, is because I need their international roaming. It's sensational. It's the best in the business. But... Outside of that, if, if you don't travel, and, but the thing is, I could change now, and then I could change back in January when I need to travel, but man, the deal is good. I, I hope that people hear and, and hear the passion from you and understand that this is a very different deal, and from my point of view, sitting there looking at you standing side by side with the CEO of Vodafone was the most powerful thing you needed to do, because you needed to show that you are with the network. The network is providing the customer service. They're providing the, basically the whole thing. Um, this is a very solid deal, and people should have confidence. And I, I said that last time, <laughs> but I but I feel it even more powerfully this time. Yeah, look, we're very confident. Uh, we're very proud to be partnered with Vodafone and have the backing of their entire organisation. And we're very optimistic about the future, and we think this will be a great move in order to bring Aussies better prices on mobile services. Good luck, Rosalyn. Always good to chat. Thanks, mate. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation GPS Technologies. And one of those GPS technologies that you've got to check out is uh, their golfing stuff. Their Approach S6 watch is the smartest smartwatch you can buy. It's brilliant. It has a color screen with 30,000 international golf courses in it for no subscriptions, no fees. It's a touchscreen, high res. It, it even works with gloves. Uh, it has pinpointer blind shot assistance, so you can see where the pin is, even tell where the pin is, even if you can't see it. Uh, dedicated course view button with green view for manual pin positioning. Um, swing tempo, tempo training and swing strength, so it actually knows how you're swinging. And it, it helps you. It helps with your swing, with swing metrics. It's brilliant. $549. This is the ultimate uh, golfer's watch. The Approach S6. Uh, check it out at Garmin. Garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. 
Ah, the stings are nice and low, but that's probably good. You're probably happy with that. Now, a couple of emails uh, worth ringing out. Trevor from uh, Forster. Forster. Uh, I just I just wanted to pass comment on the way you handle the metadata question in episode 301. Full marks for your forthrightness. It's refreshing to hear someone speak their mind in such a fearless manner, unlike many of our politicians. I share your views and think they can be equally applied along to the antagonist regarding CCTV cameras in the public domains. If you're a law-abiding citizen, logic dictates that you should embrace metadata, CCTV cameras, and even Garmin dash cams with gusto. Uh, Pierce, I enjoy your weekly podcast on my iPhone 6. Even though I'm on the wrong side of 70. Trev, you're on fire, my friend. PPS, my Telstra download speed is consistently 1.7 meg, even at 3 a.m. Oh, he lives 4Ks from the exchange, and you have my deepest sympathies. <coughs> but let me do this for you, Trev. Let me uh, look up the three-year plan. Uh, how do I find it now? <laughs> Uh, three-year construction plan. It's on their homepage. Um, I'm going to search here, my friend, for uh, control, uh, uh, paste, stuff. So, Foster Tun Curry. Um, is it listed more than once? No. How about this? You, uh, Trev, in Foster Tun Curry, uh, covering Foster, Greenpoint, and Tun Curry, uh, and covering around 13,700 homes, will get fibre to the node, and construction will begin in the third quarter of next year, third quarter of 2016. So that's very cool. Third quarter of 2016. So I would suggest by the end of 2017, you will uh, have yourself some uh, NBN. I know it's a long time to wait, but uh, wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, thanks for your email, mate. Um, the other email I received, I'll, I'll read to you shortly. Um, but I want to find his tweets first because I, I should put context around it. Um, uh, although for some reason my uh, mouse doesn't want to scroll. Or maybe they're not there. Yes, I can't scroll. I need to scroll. Notifications, Trevor Long. I remember his icon, his uh, you know, little face, what do they call it, avatar, being white in colour. So I'm going to scroll back. It was a couple of days ago. Um, I had a rather... A vibrant conversation with an individual. Uh, it's clearly not coming up in my notifications list, but this was in regards to my comments on metadata. Um, I appreciate that uh, some people <laughs> uh, didn't appreciate everything I was thinking, but uh, to be honest, uh, I didn't get any emails from listeners disagreeing with me. So thank you for your support, and I um, I do think I... I don't, I'm not necessarily suggesting you all agree with me, but I think I understand for the most part where most of you are coming from. Um, so the, the emailer or the tweeter, Twitter was from Alfie John. Problem is I can't find the original ones. Here we go. Uh, oh, nice. It's very interesting that um, oh, I've got NBN discussions linked in, linked in there as well. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, I'll do a search. Here we go. Alfie. Alfie. No, anyway. Um, Alfie disagreed with my thoughts on all this and sent me an email uh, suggesting that I try a little thing out. In the interest to listeners of your podcast and lessons in privacy, would you be interested in an experiment for a month? Publicly announced that you allow yourself to be doxxed. Doxxed. Nothing illegal, just whatever's available in the public domain, all collected in one place for everyone to see. For example, paying $618 for your $1,000 for your current house. Who knows? You may value your privacy after all. Now, to be doxxed is to allow people to search and publish private or identifying information about a particular individual on the internet, internet typically with malicious intent. Now, a couple of things. Firstly, I said to Alfie, come on the show, let's talk. I said, do you want to discuss it? Let's chat on the phone when I record the podcast. I'm not quick-witted enough for a podcast, so and so monotone, as you might as well be talking with an accountant. That's cool, Alfie. I'm cool with that. I can deal with it. Maybe Asher Wolf can help you find someone suitable for your show. I'm not looking for someone to find someone to interview. I'm looking for someone who is passionate about their opinion, which you are. And I'm disappointed you don't want to talk about it. Now, for the record... I sold my last house for $618,000. I bought my current one 
for $781,000. I don't really care that that information is available publicly. You can do an RP data search and get that. In fact, you can use Google Maps now to get that data as long as you know where someone lives. Now, the reason I don't think it's a great experiment, if I'm honest, is because I am more public than most individuals, right? It's pretty easy. I reckon it would take someone who's trying no more than three to four hours to find my mobile number. Um, much less than that to find my email address. And probably no more than a day, if at that, to find my address. Well, I have security cameras. Um, I don't think it would be a great experiment because I'm confident that I am more public than most people and more, more information about me is available in the public domain. Therefore, it would show this huge amount of data and it'd be like a big win for the privacy narcs. No, I'm sorry, it wouldn't be. It, it would just prove that because I tweet about everything I do, I, I, sh- I share locations on Instagram and a whole range of other places, that there is more information about, about me than, than one would maybe wish. But I'd choose to live a public life. Let's, let's then pick someone random and, and dox them. You know, let's dox old, you know, seven-year-old Trev in Foster. I, in fact, Trevor, if you're listening, I'd be very interested if you're into it because oh, we could, it would be very interesting. Let's just put it that way. Let's just put it that way. So I am just saying that I don't care. Um, I'm confident that I've probably breached my own privacy more than it'll ever be breached by anyone else. And I live a very public life and that's what I choose to do. So thanks, Alfie. I, I really wanted to have a chat genuinely. Um, because not many people are willing to engage on it. Most people are just just terrible narcs about it and just don't want to have a conversation. Um, I get your passion. I hear your passion, and you have options as someone who's passionate. You can opt out of a whole bunch of things, and you can use you know, networks and VPNs and different things to help yourself. But for the overall majority, I think you don't speak for them. I'm not suggesting I do, but I think I might speak for more than you. Anyway. You're listening to Your Tech Life. Love to know your thoughts. Send me an email. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Anytime you want, you can get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Susie. Oh, hi, Trevor. What can I do for you? I've got a problem. Um, I've recently downloaded the new um, Apple operating system. iOS 9. I think it is. Onto the iPad. And I have both a desktop and an iPad. Mm-hmm. Ever since I've downloaded this system, my emails are disappearing. Like an email will arrive, I'll open the email, it'll be there for a week, and then a week later, the content of any of those old emails disappears and there's a message that comes up saying message has not been downloaded by server. I've spoken to both Optus and Apple, and they are blaming each other. And meanwhile, I can't, I've lost all of these old emails. Now, on your desktop computer, mm-hmm. are they there? No, they're disappearing from there as well. Really? Yeah. Are they, now, so are they originally on the desktop as well as the iPad? Or do yes, you... they are. Right. And then when they disappear from the um, iPad, they also disappear from the computer? Yes, they do. As I say, the, the actual email comes up with the subject, mm. but then it says that um, the actual message hasn't been downloaded from server. And it's only been happening since I've downloaded the new operating oh, system. Nice. Where does, mm. uh, you said it's Optus that has your mail, right? That's right. And do you have any other email accounts? Uh, no, that's the only one I have. Right, okay. So we can't, I was just going to say it'd be useful to check whether um, it's only uh, that that account, for example, just a bit mm. of trial and error. I mean, I've not seen it on my Gmail, for example, but... Um, well, it's fun because um, Apple did suggest that I open a Gmail account. <laughs> well, and you know what? It's, it's a, oh, to be honest, let's, let's move past the issue. It is a much better approach. Um, right. they, have, they have better yeah. email, better support across devices, and you're not tied to Optus then as well. I mean, you could change... Right. When the NBN yeah. comes, you'll have options of every single telco. So right. it is. It is good as a side note. It's good to it break away. Problem. <laughs> I know, but so I'm just saying as a side note, it is a, a constant reminder of mine to people that being tied to uh, a telco um, right. it links you at home in many ways as much as it does on your email. So 
There's a lot sure. of lot of benefits there. Um, I have definitely had at least one other call with the same question. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't remember hearing back from them to say if they got uh, any success. Now, the question is, when you did the upgrade to iOS 9, did it all, like, did the thing just work and email was there and then they started disappearing? Or did you need to re-add the accounts in? No, no, it just, um, I just downloaded it and then went as per normal. Okay. So have you tried anything on the iPad to, to resolve it or have you just been bounced around by the telco and... Just been Apple. bounced around. I, I mean, I, the only thing that I've done really is go into um, into the settings and make sure that uh, the part where it says delete um, emails, I, I've put never. Right. <laughs> there yes. now. I and have you done that on the never. have you done that on the sur- on the computer as well? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, it's still disappearing. Yeah. So here's what I um, I think. Well, f- first and foremost. Keep doing any software updates that come through. Oh, really? Because, well, just especially now. You might be hesitant in a year from now when iOS 10 comes out, but Mm. right now, iOS 9.01, 9.02, not whatever they are, take them. Because while we may not get a press release from Apple saying we had this problem and we fixed it, um, Mm. they will be working on it. And they will issue. I know I've gone into a couple of chats rooms and there are it's not just you having the same problem it, you're right it's, it's, n- it's definitely not just you so if if they're aware of it which we are now we well let's just assume they are um uh-huh. they will be working on an update and when if and when they do an update you, they won't be listed in the release notes it'll just work so okay. make sure you do update so first thing i want you to do in terms of what i can help you with there's three things i will i will help you with First one is to advise you to check that you do have the latest version of iOS. Okay, so okay. go um, settings, general, software update, and see what's there. Okay. Secondly, I want you to go into settings and mail, and I want you to delete the account. Delete the whole account? Yeah, delete the account. Because okay. theoretically, it shouldn't be storing mail on the, on the iPad. It should all be stored either on the server or the computer anyway. Okay. Um, so you're not doing any harm by doing that. Uh-huh. And then reboot the iPad proper power off, turn it back on again, and add the account again. Now, critically here, what I want you to do is I want you to go to the Optus website and find the latest um, instruction guide they have for adding your email to an iPad or an iPhone, whatever it might be, and then follow those instructions to the letter Uh and then see if it does anything. Now, either one of those two things may fix it, you know, could the software update might fix it, and also just simply giving it a kick up the bum and and re-adding the account might fix it. Now, okay. it's probably 50-50 if we're honest. So 25% chance the software update will do it, 25% chance the adding of the account will do it. And um and, and hopefully after that we'll we'll have a resolution. The third and thing tell me, yeah, if I on. added a Gmail account, hmm. could I then with these messages um when they come through, if if this doesn't solve it, hmm. just forward those messages onto my Gmail account. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's a long way around. It, it is a long way around, but it'll work mm. pretty seamlessly. You, you just every, So you're talking about forwarding every email you get. Yeah. Now, just, oh, well, just the ones I want to keep. Mm. Well, so here's the other option, and this is in between the, the third thing I'll, I'll, I'll offer to you. Uh-huh. But if you do, you know, make a – and let's be clear, I, I would suggest this is only happening on – non-Gmail, non-Hotmail, you know, it's only happening with ISP-style mail. It's probably not happening with anyone on Gmail, okay? So I would suggest that now is a good time to think about migrating your mail. The -hmm. hardest part of changing email is telling people the address. So what you want to do is you want to go onto the Optus Mail website and -hmm. you want to look, look deeply into all the settings and look for a setting about forwarding. And okay. see whether you can automatically, at the server level, right. forward mail. Now, yeah. the good thing there is, if as of tomorrow, you started forwarding all of your Optus mail to a new Gmail account, right. then you're still an Optus customer. There's no stress. You're not going to lose any, any emails. They're all going to come through and bounce over to your Gmail. But okay. you, you only need to check the Gmail account to find okay. your mail. And, and over time, when you start replying to people, you can just say to them, by the way, this is my new email address, yeah, by the way. And over the course of a year, you've kind of told everyone that matters and, you know, Bob's your uncle, you can now uh, shut down the forwarding. Or when and if you ever change mobile or, or phone carriers or, or telcos, uh-huh. you, you don't have to worry. You're just ready to go. Yeah. 
So, oh, okay. so I, I would, I would do, mail, do some mm. research into the into the Optus mail forwarding, and, uh-huh. and see if you can forward your mail to to a new Gmail account. And that is the distinct advantage of Gmail is it just works on any mobile phone on any tablet. It's very good, very very easy, and obviously it, it means you're carrier independent. You can change to Telstra, Ionet, whoever you want. Now the third thing I would suggest to you is that you send me, and I probably have most of it here. Um, yes, I do. I have your details. I'm going to forward your details along with this call to mm-hmm. Apple, and hopefully mm-hmm. they can get an Apple genius to get in touch with you and mm-hmm. see whether they can give us any guidance on if or whether or not there's going to be a solution. Now, let's be clear, they may be coy. They may say, yeah. and they may keep bouncing you around. Yeah. Um, I hope not, um, but if they do give you a resolution, I definitely want to know about it um, so that I can share it with other people. Okay. All right. So a couple Thank of things you for you to try to directly. Uh, software upgrade. Um, uh, what was the second thing? Oh, re-add the account, <laughs> remove the account, add it again. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. and, and the third one for you, if you want to, is look at that forwarding solution. The third one for me yeah. is I'll send uh, your details to Apple and see whether we can get someone to help you. Thank you. Much appreciated. No worries. Get in touch anytime. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. All right, that's a wrap for episode 302. Lovely to have your company. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting uh, the good people at Garmin. Uh, Guitar Hero Live is out. I'll tell you that right now. Just a little bit of, you know, something happening here. Uh, It's out on uh, the 20th of October. Wow, that's today. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers for that. Um, (laughs) Available on PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Wii U, iOS, and Apple TV. Um, It comes with a guitar. Un- unsurprisingly, um, which is pretty cool, if I'm honest. Um, I wonder if I can use the guitar. <coughs> excuse me. On um, on iOS, can someone tell me that? Oh, you got to pull that out. Oh, look at that. Oh yeah, it's pretty cool looking guitar. So I might play with that later on the weekend or somewhere. Um, but yes, I uh, <whistles> guitar hero. It's a big game. It's out now. It's on my desk. Um, next, uh, no, this week. Later this week, I will be at an event called Motor Classica in Melbourne. Checking that out. It's like a classic car motor show. Look, really looking forward to that. And on Saturday night at Etihad Stadium in Melbourne for the Speedway Grand Prix Australian round. Uh, not a championship round now that we have a, a new world champion, but still awesome. And if you're going to be down there, tweet me, say good day, and um, uh, more importantly, uh, follow me on Twitter for photos and all those kind of stuff. Always get in touch uh, if you've got a question, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life. Just jump on the blower, one 800 Go to Twitter, at Trevor Long, at EFTM, at Your Tech Life. Follow them all because, hey, it's all good metrics, right? And, of course, you can go to my Facebook page at trevorlong.com. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week.